Everybody, this is Carmen Smith, and welcome to I Smell a Rap podcast. This podcast will shine a light on the undercurrent of the human experience from all angles and through the lens of race, gender, and a myriad of different perspectives. Thanks for joining us as we continue part two of A Black Man's Perspective. We will pick up where we left off as Paul and Ranga give their perspective on D, E, and I. Yeah, and that's, that's a great point too, Wayne, because that brings up the, the perception versus reality, right? So, you know, D, E, I, D, E, and I, for me, means changing the, per- the perception that there's no black talent, right? Or, or no good minority talent, um, or changing the misconception that a black man can't be uh, successful or as successful as his white counterpart. Right. I mean, it, you know, all of it is, you know, the, the we say, you know, the E is in equity, but it's also in exposure, right. And, you know, exposure leading to um, intelligence or the perceived notion of intelligence, right. You know, how often do we, you know, know someone that, that we perceive to be super smart and intelligent and then we realize, okay, they're, they're able to sound this way because of the experiences that they've, they've had in life, not necessarily because they're, they're book smarter or actually, you know, fundamentally intelligent. So it's kind of like, how do you, how do we, how do we support good minority talent, bring it, bring, bring, you know, folks like us into the industry, you know, cultivate them, right. Ensure that their talent isn't going to go to the wayside and that they're not going to be forced or, or confronted with, um, you know, biases that will lead to their stagnation in their careers, right. You know, having a wider range of these ideas and a, and a wider range of, of bodies and, and more diverse thought um, leads to more ROI like we saw in the, in the other slides. So, you know, there's, there's obviously a positive benefit in DE&I from a you know, um, humanities perspective and, and socially, but, but there's still, of course, that ROI as well. Yeah. And off the back of that, thanks, Paul. Um, DE&I to me, I think, in its, in its simplest form is simply representation, right? The, the, the world as we see it right now has changed so much just in the past few decades. Uh, people, age, race, gender, gender identity. And ultimately, I think, you know, not just our industry, but, but all industries should be more representative and thoughtful about that and more reflective of what the world has become. Well, you guys can see why I'm so excited about these gentlemen being on my panel. Such, you know, such great insight. And you guys said some things that were really, really um, important. I heard disenfranchisement. I heard perception and misconception um, or even misperception. You know, I'm of the age of of Wayne where affirmative action uh, was the the thing of the day back then. And and it has to go beyond just being a quota. DE&I has to be about not just checking a box, but really putting your money where your mouth is and really practicing what you preach when a company says that. And, and let me just say this, and I, I do preach it from the hilltop. My company has had the unique, um, unique experience of being founded 
by a black man. Uh, in 1969, a Tuskegee Airman, and I think it was Paul that talked about the misconception about whether we're capable of doing anything. And so for those of you who don't know who the Tuskegee Airmen, they were a group of men, pilots. Most of them, I think all of them actually, were bachelor degree men. Um, it was an experiment by our US government to prove that blacks were not qualified to be pilots. Long story short, these men, these men more than capably proved themselves um, but it was during World War II, the bombardiers were to be escorted by other men, white men, white soldiers, and they ended up not showing up on time. They ended up being mediocre in their thought and approach and just by happenstance, because remember, uh, I think you just talked about exposure and you talked about access. We weren't exposed. And so we weren't on the channels during that time of knowing, okay, that the enemy is inbound because they didn't have that access. But just by chance, these men were flying, um, and I don't know if you've seen Red Tails or even seen Tuskegee Airmen by HBO, but they just happened to be flying and see a friendly bombardier. And as a result, they proved themselves in that moment. And so, you know, we were taught to be prepared, you know, be better then, be experienced and exposed. And so, therefore, they had that opportunity of escorting that bombardier to that target point, allowing them to drop the bombs in Germany at the time, and then safely escorting those men back. And so long story short, during that time period, they never lost one, one plane that they were escorting during that time. You talk about excellence. Now, it didn't mean they didn't lose their lives. It didn't mean that there wasn't sacrifices made, but they were uh, successfully done. But even with all of that, and you guys talked about George Floyd, you talked about the prevalence, you know, now we've known there's a movie called out called Till. Emmett Till was from the North. He happened to come down to the South. And as the story goes, he was blamed for something that he didn't do. And, and this has been a story of just black folks in general. Uh, people of color can tell it. The Native Americans have their stories and, you know, others have their stories. But George Floyd brought to the forefront what things have been, been doing to black folks all along. And thank God, you know, we have videos and cameras and things like that. So now things are believable. And so, you know, just the, just the, um, the stories that you're telling, it's why this is so important and why D&I is so important, because there is a misconception that we are incapable. There, there's a misconception that we can't do or we're not smart enough. Look at, you know, I'm a sports fan. They didn't have black quarterbacks back in the day because they didn't think that black men were capable or smart enough of being quarterbacks. And I could go on and on. I won't do that. But thank you for that insight on that. Now, leading and continuing on in the discussion of DE&I, I want to ask you, thinking about your respective industries, how do you see yourselves? And, and I know that Wayne, you touched on this a little bit because you, you're at MP, uh, you're at IMEX right now. But about your different industries, um, from the hotel side to you know GBTA. So when you go to these conferences and events within your space, GBTA, MPI, BTN, are you ever invited to be panelists as SME subject matter experts? Are you guys? board members or on other decision-making platforms? Um, or do you see other men of color in those positions? And if not, what are your thoughts? 
Uh, Paul, I'd like to start with you. Great. No, thank you for that. And uh, I myself, I'm actually at a conference as well down in, uh, in D.C. Um, I'd like to say, I think, first off, for, for myself, um, you know, I'm very lucky to have the Black Men's Travel Network. Uh, I was very lucky in the past to work with GBTA Ladders. And, and so, you know, going to these conferences has, uh, you know, I, we've been able to, to build our own network to bring there, right? That doesn't, um, that doesn't sugarcoat the fact that there's not a lot of representation, right? Um, we were often invited as subject matter experts, but not by the, let's call it the old guard, right? We're, we're really invited by an opportunity um, that comes through in our, in our personal networks, in our, in our professional networks, right? Even being able and having the privilege to speak on this panel came up, you know, through your knowing Ranga and, and Ranga knowing us, right? Um, and so, and not to, not to discount any of that, but, but certainly it makes it a little more difficult to, to be on those, those larger panels and, and to be invited on those boards. I think it's worth mentioning that although there's a lot of DE&I work going on, um, at the moment, and, and certainly we're, we're on a good trajectory or a better trajectory than in the past. Um, I find it ironic that us men of color and, and minorities are asked more so to, to be on boards for diversity, equity, and inclusion, but not as SMEs or not on an SME board within the industry. So, so it's almost, you know, it's, 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 it's relying on the fact that, yes, of course, we're SMEs for, you know, being Black people in America or, or Europe or, you know, in the world. But it's it still discredits that we are subject matter experts within our own industry. So that, you know, there, there needs to be um, a changing or a closing of that gap, I'd say. You, you know, that's an that's an important uh, point that you, you know, you make, because, you know, one of the things, you know, travel just in general, people that travel heavily um, on a personal level tend to be more open minded and they tend to be more tolerant and, you know, some of us are multilingual, but when it comes to corporate America and travel within corporate America, it doesn't seem to translate. It seems to take on the mindset of that corporation or of that. And so that is, that's real important that, uh, that you made that. And then bringing along young folks, um, you know, being called upon for who we are. Cause I mean, we're granted, we're in the industry because of our expertise. We're doing the things of, that we're doing because of our expertise, not because of, of the color of our skin. Um, Ranga, can you talk to that uh, same question? Yeah, it's, it's interesting what you just said, right? We, we, and I'm being specific because I know there are people here that, aren't that don't work in our industry, in the travel industry, but being specific to travel industry, um, I think it, it's always been implied, you know, that, that, there aren't these issues of racism, sexism, otherisms. Um, they, they don't occur at our firms, at our, at our industry, um, because our industry is all about connecting people, right? Um, when, in fact, we know they do, you know, biases, you know, racism, sexism, ageism, this all occurs in our industry. Um, and, and it's the same one, when, and what Paul touched up, what, Paul touched upon about going to these, these conferences, these events, and, and I wouldn't, I see very few people that look like me. Um, and when you do, you know, it would be the customary head nod, you know, but you wouldn't know, you'd be like, who, who does that person work for? What do they do? You know, and, and that was the beauty of, of the Black Men's Travel Network is now we know one another, you know, we can 
call upon one another. When I need something, you know, when I need an analytical mind, I can pick up the phone and be like, Paul, I need your help with this, you know, and 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 I have him to help me and, and to figure things out with me. Um, so in answer to your question about do I see more people on panels, I would love to see it. I think we're going in that direction. Um, but we're not there yet. We're we're not there yet. Um but we're certainly, hopefully, headed in the right direction. And and Ranger mentioned mentioned bias, and, and you know that that plays such a huge role. I know I'm jumping off script here, but you know a lot of times I think, and, and Ranger could probably you know second this. We are assumed to be younger than we are, or the, we're the young guys, right? We're we're new, you know. And regardless of the fact that we have 15 plus years in the industry, regardless of the fact that you know we're directors within large corporations, um, and that in itself is used as a a subtle or an unconscious bias that supports racism and and stagnation or systematic racism and stagnation within industries, right? So how do so so you know it's not just the the tangible the you know the the really like we're pushing forward and we're, and we're going to have these initiatives and we're going to do these things. It's those subtleties that say, hey, maybe maybe I need to check myself and not think that way, right? That even back to the polling question of you know when you see a black man in the boardroom, are you surprised? Are you even more surprised when you see a, a black man that doesn't look like he's, you know, elderly, let's say at this point, or, you know, or when you see someone like, like Ranga and myself in a, in a boardroom and, and, you know, we're, we're not that young of men, right. At this point. So, you know, it's, it's those, those subtle biases that kind of work within, but then, but then support, you know, racism and stagnation within, within any industry. Those are good points too, because again, somebody mentioned ageism, you know, uh, and, and, and talking and just making that, that assumption. Uh, Wayne, you're, you're a buyer uh, in the industry, but you're also in the meetings and event space, which is, I would say, travel adjacent, uh, because mo- what most people don't understand is that travel and meetings are they're really two different industries. And, that, and though they overlap in some ways, it, there really is a different focus um, within, within that industry. So, and I know you're at IMAX right now, but I know you're a member of MPI and others. Can you talk from that perspective as well? Um, Absolutely, Carmen. Yeah, I I had the honor of uh, serving on MPI executive planning boards. I've served on the Ritz-Carlton advisory board. I was a board member of FICP and I served as chair in 2019 for that association. Um, Obviously, a lot of this came along uh, to to Paul's point. It came a little long uh, later in my career. These opportunities, um, yes. Am I asked to be on boards, or am I asked to be, participate in various um, industry-related functions, activities, or what have you, or be commented? Yes. But what happens is, um, you know, I've been in this industry for a long period of time, so some of these opportunities have presented themselves. When I look at Paul and I look at Ranga, they're much younger and they've been they have experience and they've been in the industry for a while. But they, you know, there's perception that, well, maybe they're not um, as experienced as some of their white counterparts. Um, And that is very common because, quite honestly, when you go into let's look at hospitality, for example, the majority of you say 19 percent. I think that Paul said 19 percent of the people are people of color, but the majority of those people are in um, are behind the scenes or they're not working, or it could be even front desk or early administration. It's not your most senior people. I mean, I go to hotels all the time. You don't see people that look like me who are going to come out and greet you as DOS 
or, um, you know, or even, you know, senior salespeople. Uh, it just doesn't happen. So I think what happens is, and this is rightfully, you know, it, there's a level of experience that comes with experience. And if you don't have that opportunity early on in your career to grow, um, to diversify, to move, to have these other, um, especially in the hospitality industry, and even on the corporate event side, um, you really have to move around. You have to have certain different roles. Um, and if you don't have those opportunities, you never get to the point where you will even be considered to sit around the table. Um, and it's very difficult. It's very difficult. So we might see people in certain areas and bringing in lower, lower level positions. But to get to that next level, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice on their part. And somebody's going to have to, to provide a lifeline to get there. Um, that doesn't come natural for us. It's very difficult. Um, and, and, it's, 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 and that hasn't changed at all. So do I see abject racism uh, in your face? Absolutely not. But if you take a look at the experience levels, and that's on paper, and it's in black and white, if you look at all these various, I won't call them barriers, but you look at these various obstacles to get to that next level, therein lies uh, behind the curtain where the most difficult areas for, uh, for growth uh, are right now in terms of DE&I and, um, you know, advancement. And that is important. I know we're getting close to time, um, and I, I do want to make sure um, that we, we, we do have some questions in the chat, but I do want to ask a couple more questions and if we can just, you know, be succinct and brief in our answers, but still, I want, I, I still want the, the, the answer. Um, so, and I'm going to go to you, Ranga. What would you tell your younger self, given what you know now about your experiences in particular, and then what would you have done differently, if anything? I would... Tell my younger self to step out of the comfort zone much earlier, much sooner. Um, you know, I think me moving to, to New York from London and, and now settling down in the U.S. Is, was a huge, steep learning curve at, at such a, at, I wasn't, I looked like a spring chicken, but I wasn't, <laughs> I still wasn't then. Um, <laughs> I wasn't young like that, but um, I think, I would have done that a lot earlier or moved, you know, to the Middle East or, or uh, China, just really step out of my comfort zone and, and get out there, see the world um, much sooner. That's what I would tell myself. Uh, what would I change? I don't think I'd change anything. Um, I think every experience I've had has helped me get to this point. Awesome. Paul, same question. Yeah, I I tell myself to uh, pay more attention in history class, and that I would I would end up going to see all these places. No, I think I think really it hits it's it it continues the same theme of of exposure, um, and and having that that understanding that you know if you if you if you've grown up in a family that travels, or if you have the means to travel and you go to school, then you're going to pay more attention to history class because you might say, hey, I'm going to go to Paris next next year or next week or whatever. But a lot of uh, minority families don't have that. So I would say I would say really use that as an opportunity to to expand um, and expand the ability for exposure later on in life and uh, and I think the travel industry has a unique opportunity to to support that. Um, what would I change? You know, I, I don't think I would change anything. I like Ranga. I think we're we're perfect in the way we are. <laughs> but no, I think I think honestly, you know, 
reaching out of your comfort zone as, as an adult is, is one of the biggest pieces. I think, you know, we can, we can create whatever level of comfort we need to survive, but the, the real optimization opportunity is, is, um, you know, bringing yourself to that break, right. And, and, and breaking through it and then creating a new, um, a new level of comfort. So. Awesome. Wayne. I think they summed it up pretty well when you say step out of your comfort zone. You know, I didn't have a sense of belonging, quite honestly. I was afraid to be wrong, uh, to say the wrong answer or maybe it, maybe to be viewed as, well, man, that wasn't very smart of you or what have you. And that would be a hindrance to my growth. Um, if I had to do it all over again, I would tell my younger self to say, step out, step out of your comfort zone, just like the gentleman said, and, and just say, hey, listen, I may be wrong, but this is how I feel, you know, and this is where I think it'll move the needle. Um, whether it be something simple or complex, it doesn't matter. But stand up, raise your hand. And I see a lot of that and the reluctance in that, especially in young uh, men of color to say, hey, listen, I don't want to be wrong because then I'll be perceived. I'm already there's a perception. So therefore, I may not. Oh, I don't want to be wrong. So maybe not do that. So it took me a lot longer to realize that, you know what, there's no such thing as a wrong answer. But you might add it because even if you're wrong, you're still going to learn something from the right answer. But you'll never know if you never raise your hand and step to the forefront. But if I had to do it all over again, step to the forefront, raise your hand and say, listen, this is this is how I feel or this is how I feel. I'll move the needle. Oh, those are great questions. Thank you so much. You know, um, I was I was thinking about that, too, because. I think Ranga mentioned something earlier in our conversation about not wanting to be the angry black man. Well, you know, I all day long, you know, the angry black woman. And, and I think sometimes when we do speak up, you know, we're not in safe environments or we're, we're, we're misunderstood. You're talking about misconceptions. You know, you're passionate about things. You have a point of view about things, but it's often discounted. And it's like, why are you angry? But that leads me to my last question for you guys and then give us uh, we got a couple minutes that we can get live time for the audience to ask um, some questions here. But just talking about that, you know, I want to ask this question of you guys because I think it's important. Um, you know, given the assumption, and, you know, we've all talked about it within the context of this conversation, but given the assumption of the existence of biases, whether they're conscious or unconscious, are there any so final thoughts that today you'd like to, um, you know, leave with the audience here, which could compel them to either become better allies or others to become better agents of change and helping them to improve the landscape of inside travel or in corporate America in general. And Paul, um, I, I think I'm going to start with you, Wayne, and then go, um, go Paul and then Rango, finish up with Rango, because there's some questions that people want to ask Ranga in general. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll be very brief, Carmen. Um, biases run deep. I mean, where, where do they come from? It could be from upbringing. It could be from experience. It's so many different things that, that, that create bias. And that is not based on race. Bias is something that we all have. It's innate. It's, it's, and, and it's in all of us. And I feel that to overcome that is to really kind of spend time with you know, I say it's almost like that concept where if you're afraid of snakes and there is a whole thing, a whole methodology around, OK, I'm going to hand you a snake to, to relieve that fear. Um, if you're afraid or you have a bias toward whether it be people or anything, run towards that, because, you know, something 
feel comfortable enough. If it's bias or a racial bias or something, I want to have a conversation with somebody. After George Floyd uh, was killed, I had 45 amazing conversations with people I've known in some instances 20 years or more. And I didn't realize the biases or I didn't realize their true thoughts or feelings, but they felt comfortable enough to approach me and they used that subject in order to open that conversation. Take advantage of those opportunities, both incoming as well as if you have questions to ask of other people, never make an assumption. Yeah, that, th those are great points. And, and to add on that, be intentional, right? Um, take intentional action, be intentional in the way you speak with people, the way you work with people, be intentional in how you address yourself. And in doing so, we can only hope that that creates positive uh, influence out here in the world, but be intentional. I think for me, I think uh, my final thoughts is, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions we see is that the emphasis on black history is divisive and, and some mistake, mistakenly labeled it racist. Um, but if we continue to emphasize that people of all colors all work towards human rights and these common goals, then everyone can see themselves as part of a larger mission. And that's, those are my thoughts. Well, thank you, gentlemen. You know, uh, and I have some questions here, but when we talked about just having that exposure while Renga and I met and we've been, you know, trying to do work within the community to bring people about. And so we talk about allies, those of you who are non people of color, uh, being allies, you, you know, we can't do this by ourselves, you know, getting there, being, you know, I'm in where I am because somebody saw the value in me. They decided, hey, let me talk to Carmen about not only her expertise, not just DE&I, but she has something to say. And I think that's gonna be important. Um, Ranga, there was a couple of questions. One was uh, at the beginning related to you. Um, can Ranga speak to the struggles of brown people being brought to the UK? They have similar struggles to the US black experience, specifically those who came to the UK and don't have citizen papers. I know it's a heavy question, <laughs> but so it, it is like the dreamers, right? I think, I think we're, it, like I said, there's so many parallels between the US and the UK. Um, I, I can't speak specifically about that subject because when it was all highlighted was just a few years ago, I was already here. Um, and I was just hearing through my friends, you know, hey, this is happening. You know, people have been here all their lives and they're being told, they don't have citizenship, they have to go back to where they came from, which is, you know, they're, they're, they're British, they're, you know, so, um, and it's, it's, it's something you'd never see a, a, a person who isn't of color having to go through, you know, and it's, 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 it's really tough. And, and like, like you said, Carmen, we need allies, we need people to, to all fight together against injustices like that. Um, and that's the only way we'll change the world. Awesome, thank you. I, I'm just looking to see, are there any other questions here? Um, but I want to just again um, say thank you to this. Um, let me say, I, you know, just having your perspectives um, you know, not only are you diverse in uh, probably age and experience, but also diverse in um, just in, in, in the type of parts you play in the industry. Ranga, did you want to say something 
something else you can you can wrap up and then i'll i'll, I'll say what i wanted to say i just i basically want to say thank you so much uh we appreciate you but thank you guys and again you know as we wrap up <laughs> thank you everyone i see you in the chat too but thank you for those because you know it looks like the folks that that, that came on everybody stayed on the call and I and I'm so glad that this is being recorded. I know I got a couple of emails that folks, you know, something came up at the last and they couldn't be on here. But I think this is an important conversation um, that everyone needs to listen to. I hope that it was thought provoking. My intent was for people not only to just have a different maybe perspective. You know, we talked about biases, we talked about misconceptions, but these are three very educated, very accomplished. Um, you know, black men with great personalities. I'm telling you, these are like my besties. I'm, I'm, I'm just want y'all to know you ain't going to get rid of me now, because now that I know who you are, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I, I can't be part of the black men's network, but I'm going to be calling on you for different stuff. And I just really want to say thank you all for taking your time this afternoon, joining us. And again, I hope this conversation has been thought provoking, that it will help you to become better allies, take time to understand people, just anybody that's different than you. Um, and, and somebody mentioned in the chat before, you know, it's clickish. You know, travel can be clickish. We tend to bring in people that, you know, the good old boy, good old girl, whatever network it is, but we need to reach out and play in different sandboxes, as I say, because you will find some treasures that you didn't know were available to you just by reaching across. And so again, thank you everyone. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the Black History Month in uh, Europe and enjoy that. And again, and it's been a pleasure and a privilege to be able to have this conversation with you today. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to tune in again as we explore the undercurrent of the human experience through the lens of race, gender, and a myriad of different perspectives.